Yeah, Marlon was on the share um, today, but I'm guessing they're still in Ohio. I know that Mary's um, mother is still battling pneumonia. I'm not sure. sure. Do you know the last yesterday how she was doing? I don't know. But <clears throat> Mary, they were saying they're being kept busy back there. So. <clears throat> One thing, as I was thinking about, multiple things to share on. I don't know if the rest of you run into that. You're like, where do I go? You know, and, and um, there was a conversation that took my mind to Philippians 3, and that got mentioned this morning already. And in Philippians 3 there, where Paul says that he is ready, he's counting everything as worthless so that he can win Christ. Um, so that raises the question for us, am I counting everything like Paul? Am I counting everything worthless as dung? It's like excrement. It's like something that needs to be thrown away. Everything as dung that I may win Christ. I, um, I have not read much of Zig Ziglar, and some of, some of us older ones would know who he is, but was. He died in 2012. But he was a... Um, I listened to an interview this past week of his son, Tom, and a few things stood out. <coughs> but Zig Ziglar traveled to um, and spoke to mainly to Christian businessmen, I believe, kind of as a how to um, how to set goals, how to be motivated, how to you know he's a motivational speaker. But his son said. So he said, my dad had a goal to encourage other men to be able to articulate well. And he noticed that as he traveled and would mingle with them after the meeting and would social drink, that it would um, dull his clarity. And his goal was, to, was for clarity so that he could explain to men how to um, follow Christ in business, with their business and in their lives. And, and so he, he said, my dad stopped drinking at all. He became a total no drinker, non drinker of alcohol because of that slight edge that it took off of his clarity. He said, my dad was willing to cut anything out of his life that got in the way of reaching his goals of serving Christ. Am I like that? Am I willing to cut anything out of my life that dulls the clarity, that hinders me from hearing the Spirit of God? And then Tom, he told a story on himself, too. He said he was in college, and his dad got invited to speak, and I forget what country it was. It, it was Hawaii or someplace, some vacation destination that everybody wants to go to. And he said, my parents were going there for a month that summer. I was in college. And I was like, Dad, can I go along? And he said, my dad asked me a question. 
that I wished he hadn't asked me, but so does this fit in with your goals? He said, my goal that summer, I had it all mapped out to, um, he said, I wanted to become a pro golfer. I don't know anything about Tom Ziegler. I don't know if he ever became one, but he said his goal at that time was to become a pro golfer. And he had workshops and competitions and everything. His summer was full, scheduled full with things that would help him toward that goal. Now, if he went with his parents for a month, he'd have to cut out something. And so his dad asked him, how does this help you reach your goal? He said, I stayed home and took care of the house <laughs> and, you know, worked out my plan. Um, so in, in our lives, in, with Christ, can I follow examples like that? And like Paul here in Philippians 3, um, verse 7, he says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. So even the things that Paul said, and I think Josh mentioned them earlier, that he knew the scriptures. He, Paul had memorized the, at least the, no, I think it was more than that, because he quotes it in, in Paul's writings. He quotes from multiple places in the Old Testament. And that's what they did. The Pharisees had in their schools, the young boys would memorize the whole Old Testament. Um, so Paul had that, Okay. Is that counted as a loss for Christ? He said, I'm willing to lay this down. My, all my training, what I think I know, so that I can win Christ. When he was struck down on the road, I've often had to think, what did it take for Paul to say, Lord? You know, he called Jesus in that moment. He called him Lord. Um, he thought that's the one he was serving. <clears throat> Paul said, if anybody could have confidence in the flesh, I could. <clears throat> Verse 8, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So Paul's saying, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. What is my end goal? Is that what my end goal is? That I may attain the resurrection of the dead. So Jay, are you going to run a 5K this coming year? I know we talked about it a year ago. Not, <laughs> Not looking good. So Jay hasn't set that goal, evidently. It was a wish, right? So will you run a 5K with me this next year? Not ready to commit. Not ready to commit. Wow, noncommittal. Um, so if he, if he would say, like, let's say I want to run a 5K with my boys this next year. I have never done that. You at least have the benefit that you used to be a runner, right? I don't even have that benefit. So I need to get, you know, hear pointers from you. But if I set that as a goal, that I'm going to run a 5K with my children this coming year. I know, Art, you, you've run some. 
with Andrew, haven't you? No. Okay. I thought maybe. I, don't mind I, I thought I saw a picture one time. But okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't like running. I've I've just I've done enough now that I know that I do not like running, but. If I have a goal that is bigger than the pain that I have to go through, I'll go through that pain. And the whole time I'm running, I'm thinking, I'm doing this because of. I want to do that. I want to reach my goal. So what is our goal as Christians? Am I not staying on course because I don't have it firmly fixed what my goal is? Right? Here Paul said... I'm reading this that he said, my goal is resurrection from the dead. He wants to win Christ. I want to win Christ. So the thoughts that I'm thinking, and I brought this up in Sunday school class a little bit because my mind has been there this week. The thoughts that I am thinking and dwelling on will reveal what my goal is. Do my thoughts reveal that I want to win Christ? As an example, I'm going to think we need to challenge ourselves on do I, am I thinking my own thoughts or am I trusting God and believing his promises? So what thoughts have I had this past week that one of God's promises would challenge that, would come against that? What thoughts have you thought this past week? And this one, I did not make a list because it kind of came to me spur of the moment that this is one way to challenge our thinking. Um, So let's say I want to become, this is something, discussion I was in recently. If I want to become a doctor, let's say, that's a goal. And... uh, a heart surgeon, let's say it costs 200K for the schooling and I don't know, is that 15 years? What are my thoughts on that? Well, my, my personal thoughts is like, well, I'm too old. Okay. <laughs> but let's say for a young person, what would you think? You say, well, 200,000, I could never pay for it, right? What does God say about that? If God is calling you to do that, can you give me a verse? My God should supply all your needs okay. according to his riches. Yeah. So God has no lack when it comes to supply, right? My God shall supply. Okay, what's another, what's another thought? I mean, really, this thought here is I can't pay for it, okay? Can't afford it. Too old. Yeah. <laughs> My God shall supply all your need, right? Okay. I'm not smart enough, yeah? Okay.
the cell 9. God gives a sound mind. Um, what are some other thoughts? What? Okay, fear of failure. So I fear, fear is a big one in many areas. What does God say to that one? Fear not, I am with you. Okay. There's a lot more, aren't there? We can keep going. Um, you got one over here? No? <clears throat> so this over here, what's happening in between my ears is my flesh speaking. This over here, I have to see what, with the eyes of faith. When I had this explained to me one time, I don't know that I'd ever, it really stuck that those thoughts that I believe are mine and are valid are actually flesh. And what are we supposed to do with the flesh? We're supposed to crucify the flesh. This is, this is flesh. I'm not good enough. Um, God doesn't love me. How could God love me after I did what I did? Um, yeah, that's smart enough. I mean, it kind of fits in with that. How could God forgive? Forgive what I just did. I mean, this one here, I'm not good enough. I just agree with God that there's no, no man that's good, right? Ryan? For some of these things, what does God want me to do? Right. Right. So that is um, that's another whole exercise coming before God, saying, you know, coming before God and saying, God, what what do you want me to know today? What do you want to tell me? Why did you create me? What's, what do you want my life to look like? And so we need to understand God's call on our lives. But if in faith we have felt a calling and then I go to these reasons, then it's in my flesh. But is that kind of touching what you're talking about? No, no, that's, it. that's where our minds go. That's, that's where our minds go if, because in the flesh, I can also try to figure out what I think would be best for me. Hey, that'd be great if I could be a, a heart surgeon. Just think of all the people that, would, that um, would be proud of me. You know, maybe my parents would be proud of me, my, my friends, 
I'd be better than other people because I'm a heart surgeon. You know, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of flesh can get involved in that. But God needs heart surgeons, right? And so if that's the calling on my life, and yet I fail because of my flesh, then I'm in sin, right? Because if I'm not walking in faith. So it gets kind of sobering. Where am I spending my thought life? In the flesh or in faith? <clears throat> but what things were gained to me, I count as lost for Christ so that I can win Christ. So that I can win Christ. <clears throat> so am I spending my time in fleshly thinking or am I looking and thinking on the promises of God? How do I know what the promises of God are? God's word. So how does it get from here to here? Yeah, it takes time, right? Um, that was another thing Tom Ziegler brought up. He said his dad spent three hours every day in the Bible and in good books. Three hours every day. Am I willing to take the time that it takes? The, um, and he said, you know, each of us need to go to God and say, God, how much time am I, you know, in my life? What's your calling on my life? How much time should I be spending uh, in your word? I, my prayer this morning is, Lord, take your word and may it take root in our lives and bear fruit. When these things start taking root in our lives, there's fruit that comes from that. Um, there will be. God said, my word does not return void, right? It will accomplish that which I sent it to do. <clears throat> so I said, well, is it really worth getting to know God, taking this time, or am I just being selfish with my time? Well, that's the question. Sometimes there's needs that come up in a family, in a church, in, in our lives, and we can say, well, I, this is my time with God. I can't come help you. We can go back to the religious side in the, you know, in the way we um, go about that. But did Paul have an easy life? The Apostle Paul. No, we know all the things that he had to go through. Um, some people think where he says, you know, and I, I have suffered the loss of all things. Um, he gave up a lot to go and be the apostle to the Gentiles. He, he traveled. He gave up what he had, a nice life that he had as a leader in um, the religious community and in um, Jerusalem. <clears throat> Am I, that, you know, in the end of, of 1 John 5 there, that very last verse that was in the quarterly. Yeah, it's the last verse in the chapter. I wasn't quite sure if it was verse 21. 1 John 5, 21, it says, Little children, keep yourselves 
from idols. Guard yourselves from idols. There's, so we're pouring in God's truth, but there's also the side where I need to say no, like Ziegler said no to drinking because of the clarity he lost. What in my life do I need to say no to that I may win Christ? Keep yourself from idols. Don't allow any of the things that I can set up in, in the flesh to become an idol. God is the one who has all power and all ability and, and freedom from bondage. Just think about when Judson read, read out of Isaiah 40 this morning. What a chapter. I mean, I was wishing... I said, you should read that whole chapter. It's really good. He said, well, that's a little too long. And so, <clears throat> but you know at the end there, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Maybe I need to figure out what waiting on the Lord looks like. You know, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And the verse right before that says, you know, the young men shall utterly fall. Getting back to the picture of running, I asked Judson how fast he can run the mile. And because I figured if I go running with him, he's going to run circles around me. But here in God's kingdom, it says the young men will fall. They won't be able to even do it. Even with their physical strength, um, they won't be able to do it. But any of us with spiritual strength will not fail. Do I believe that? This week, in any challenge that comes, do you believe that God, you'll hang on to that promise that I will not fail? <clears throat> Am I focused on myself and on performance, or am I focused on winning Christ? Paul said as a legalist, he was focused on the things he could do, right? So am I focused on what I can do, or am I focused on Christ? Spurgeon said, they tell me he is a refiner, that he cleanses from spots. He has washed me in his precious blood, and to that extent I know him. They tell me that he clothes the naked. He hath covered me with a garment of righteousness, and to that extent I know him. They tell me that he is a breaker, and that he breaks fetters. He has set my soul at liberty, and therefore I know him. They tell me that he is a king, and that he reigns over sin. He has subdued my enemies beneath his feet, and I know him in that character. They tell me he is a shepherd. I know him, for I am his sheep. They say he is a door. I have entered in through him, and I know him as a door. They say he is food, and my spirit feeds on him as on the bread of heaven, and therefore I know him as such. There he lists the things of who Christ is, <clears throat> that I may know him. Do I know him as a refiner? And as someone that clothes me with a garment of righteousness, he is a breaker, he breaks fetters. Do I feel bound by something? Christ is a breaker of fetters. <clears throat> he sets us at liberty. 
He is the king who reigns over sin. He has subdued my enemies beneath his feet. <clears throat> he is my shepherd because I am his sheep. I have entered to, into him as through the door. He is the door. He is my food. <clears throat> Do I know him that I may know him and the power of his resurrection? That is power and new life that is available now. Do I do all in my power or in Christ's power? That I may know him and the fellowship of his sufferings. There is pain between now and eternal life with Christ. Am I willing to walk that path with him? The fellowship of his sufferings. Romans 8.17 there's a lot of parallels with Romans 8 <clears throat> in this chapter. But in verse 17, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Christ is the path. But along that path, there is suffering. There is pain. Am I going to get off the path when the pain comes, the suffering? Or am I going to stay on that path? Paul said, being made conformable to his death. Paul, Paul faced martyrdom. And many, many believers through history have and will face martyrdom. And then verse 11 Paul said, that I may attain unto eternal life. <clears throat> he said, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. We have some things that we need to say, I'm forgetting that. I missed it there, but that's with Christ. It's under the blood. I'm pressing forward. Paul had, we know Paul's story. He definitely had that, right? I can imagine him thinking of the pain that he caused believers before he was a believer um, and his pride in what he could accomplish. <clears throat> But he said, I will follow after Christ. In verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I will pursue the resurrection and faith. I will pursue Christ that I may win Christ. Am I willing to give up whatever gets in the way of that? You know, sometimes family can get in the way. Um, Jared was saying how, you know, after two months away at school, that he's thinking of all the things he's missing at home. And we'd call that, what, he's homesick. He want, he'd like to be at home. And there's another young man there who's very homesick, and they were talking. And, um, and the other one said that, he said, you know, we have all eternity to be with our families. We have a short time right now, 
to be at school and be preparing for missions and whether we go into missions right away or not, if we never live with our families again on this earth, it's still a short time compared to being with our families in eternity. Is that the view that I have? That I am willing to fulfill the calling that God has on my life <clears throat> and give up what I think here is even perfectly normal. Perfectly normal to be with your family, to go elk hunting together, to you know, um, you know, do activities together, take trips together, um, sit around in the evenings and talk. We say, we're giving up that so that I can fulfill Christ's calling on my life. Is there anything, here's a, here's a prayer to pray, Lord, is there anything that I am allowing to get between me and you? Is there anything that I'm allowing to get between me and you? <clears throat> Let us therefore as many as be perfect or complete be thus minded, and if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same thing. I don't know, that just speaks to me of a continuing on. Let's say, I have done this, I have given up things for following Christ, I have, I, I'm spending time with him, I'm walking in faith. I think Paul's saying, continue on. Don't stop. Don't let the enemy derail you. Um, keep going. Am I pressing? Keep pressing on. <clears throat> and then if we jump over into chapter 4, Philippians 4, verse 8, Paul says, Finally, my brethren, I kind of hate to skip over all these good verses, but when thinking about the mind and how it affects our faith in God, am I living out Philippians 4, verse 8, where he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So what things should I be thinking on? Am I spending my time on lies or am I spending my time on what is true? Honorable. Am I spending time on pondering and thinking about the immorality in the world or am I thinking about moral excellence? What is the best that God has? Whatever is right. Do I seek justice on behalf of others? Pure. Don't focus on corruption. Focus on holiness and purity. Lovely. Not the ugly and the marred, but love and admiration. What are things that are admirable? Think on those things. Good repute. What books and news articles do I spend my time on? The news is so full of trash and it can take us down. Um, excellence. Don't settle for 70%. We are to give our all, whatever is praiseworthy. What is worthy of my worship? Think on that. This is an ongoing and a continuous activity. This is not something that I do one day and I've got it. An undisciplined mind is the enemy of Christian growth and maturity. I... 
have a quote here about the American addiction to TV, which I think this is an old quote. Probably it's the addiction to social media and the smartphone now. And I think this, this, this touches all of us. It touches me, it touches you. But let's take the American addiction to TV as one example of the enemy of what Paul says in this passage. The average American spends a minimum of four hours a day watching TV. The average American child spends 900 hours a year in school and from 1,200 to 1,800 hours watching TV. By the age of 20, the average American has seen 800,000 TV commercials. Before a child finishes elementary school, they have seen 8,000 murders. By the time they are 18, they will have seen 200,000 acts of violence. Here's the really scary thought. By the time the average American reaches the age of 65, he or she will have spent nearly eight years watching TV. <clears throat> Garbage in. Garbage out, right? If we spend, by the time I reach retirement, if I've spent eight years on garbage, there's fruit from that, right? So what am I spending my time on? Am I walking in faith and focusing on the promises of God? Or am I looking at all the junk in the world around me and feeding on that? <clears throat> if we jump to verse 13 of chapter 4, Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. There's another promise. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. <clears throat> I had a, um, a friend send me this this morning. He said, praying for you all this morning, my brothers, let us humbly and boldly carry the hope of, Christ, of Jesus Christ forward. Let us live out this amazing quote by C.T. Studd. So here's the quote. Let us not glide through this world and then slip quietly into heaven without having blown the trumpet loud and long for our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Let us see to it that the devil will hold a thanksgiving service in hell when he gets the news of our departure from the field of battle. So let's live so that Satan rejoices when we're gone. Let's look to God and believe his promises and not the discouraging thoughts that we come up in our own flesh and that the world throws at us. But let's live that when, he get, when the Satan gets the news that he has a thanksgiving service in hell, when he gets the news that we've departed from the field of battle. Let's close in prayer here. <clears throat> Father, I do pray that these words would take root and bear fruit in our lives, and may we keep pressing, each one of us keep pressing forward in your service that we may win Christ. Lord Jesus, we love you. Our eyes are on you, and may they always be. In your name I pray, amen.